This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns, writer and the founder of Heroin Training. And today, I am so ready to introduce my co-host for a full episode together. It's actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is adaptive. I am... I'm so amazed, Zandra, at the way that artists are adapting to the current, um, the restrictions upon us due to quarantines and this, you know, pandemic that has shut down, you know, in my world, like the film industry or what, what is, you know, normally like going to photo shoots, um, since all of that's not happening, I'm amazed at the way that people are adapting. So just just today, I thought I would give people a little a little story about like what I did in my art life in the midst of pandemic. I just dropped off um, the five pieces that I have going up in the the Stephen King themed art gallery show that I've talked about on the show before. Um, they don't know when it's going to happen, but they're, they said, we still want your art and uh, we're going to do a virtual art show and then we're going to like open the show for real as soon as we're allowed to. And, you know, we'll do a closing party instead of an opening. Um, so they're, you know, they're doing a virtual show at this art gallery. So I dropped all my work off today. I submitted a bunch of self-tape auditions because a ton of casting directors are doing um like open calls and they're accepting monologues they're basically taking advantage of this time to see new talent and they're like doing open calls for for actors you know getting their agents to submit and just having us tape monologues so that they can just get to know know new faces and i did so i did a bunch of that today and then i also i had my first ever virtual photo shoot what? I, I did a FaceTime photo shoot with my friend Shauna, who is a f- fabulously talented photographer and and model herself. This has like blown up on Instagram, especially in the art model community. Um, uh, models and photographers have been organizing FaceTime photo shoots. And when I first heard that, I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> that, that makes no sense. And then I saw the photos that people have been taking and they're amazing. And it's like, this is, you know, the beauty of getting artists together and just saying, okay, here are the restrictions that we have. Let's make something beautiful anyway. And so I've been, my, my feed has been flooded with like beautiful portraits and, and like shoots, um, that my friends are doing. So Shauna set up a shoot with me today and we we did an entire photo shoot over FaceTime in my apartment and she directed me and got all the lighting right just by watching me on FaceTime and had me adjust my phone like on a tripod and move it around and and um she's already edited and sent me all the photos and they're like some of my favorite photos of myself. And she like did this through screenshotting FaceTime. It's 
It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I'm in such a good mood right now because I'm just like, wow, I got to create so much today or, or tie up loose ends with this art gallery. And like, you know, we're all just rolling with it and adapting and, and creating in new ways. I'm so inspired. So I think, I can't remember if we were talking about this on the show or offline, but we were talking about how this time could inspire some innovation. And it's so exciting to hear that that's already started in a way that I couldn't have imagined. I couldn't have imagined how a virtual photo shoot would work. And I'm so curious to hear more about the logistics of that. Do you feel like you have learned some photography through having to facilitate that role in in your physical space? Well, I'm really lucky that like Shauna's so good at what she does because I said to her, I was like, I've never done something like that before, so I don't really know what I'm doing. I'll, you know, I'll set my phone up on a tripod and I'll need you to direct me. And she was really, you know, she had me move the tripod around the room to get the best light and adjust the blinds and adjust them back. And like, we sort of figured out the lighting first. And, and then we, we got like tons of beautiful photos. I don't, you know, I think that I, I loved it because it was collaborative and because I discovered how much is possible. Um, I don't think I would have had as much fun if I had done it alone. Like if I had just taken selfies, it would have been very different than what it was creating with Shauna. Well, it reminds me of your art parties on the new moon and the full moon where you're creating art projects in collaboration with others. And it feels also more exciting and different to me from like following a tutorial or following a class. It's creating something. It's creating, it's creating art. It is. And it like, I just feel so appreciative for how much is still going on, but also just like for the artists in my life who are being so innovative and, you know, who are still inviting me to create with them or um, just prioritizing still making art who are, you know, all of these people who are prioritizing that we still keep things going. Um, there are so many who are, who are not just like going, okay, film industries shut down. Guess I'll watch TV for the next four months instead. You know, even casting directors are like, let's use this opportunity to get to know some new talent and watch a ton of monologues. It's awesome. Zandra, how is your art life? My art life is strange. In terms of my creative process and how I'm writing, I am used to a system where I work on one idea at a time. I work on one essay at a time and this is me in recovery from years of 
writing up an editorial calendar for blog posts about a month in advance and deciding deciding what topics I would be writing about weeks in advance and I would I would love that um certainty of planning it out but I learned that over time I would always change my mind and as much fun as it was to choose the the ideas that I would pursue it wasn't really the best use of time because I would end up writing about what was most calling to me in the present moment and that would change as a result of the piece that I finished and where it ended up taking me because I don't know in advance but I have found myself working on a few different pieces at once right now and I think I'm doing that because ironically in this state of uncertainty something that seems certain to me is that I will be in this routine of being at home for the foreseeable future with not a lot of external change in my life and I think that gives me more space to work on a few ideas at a time knowing that they'll still be relevant by the time I'm polishing them up. So you sort of feel like one like the the restrictions are almost like making you want to tackle a bunch of ideas at once. By restrictions you mean like being in quarantine? Yeah, yeah, like like you know you're you're still working you technically always can work from home, but you usually go to coffee shops and like have your little places that you frequent and the people that you frequent at the the shops and the bookstores that you go to and write in. So I'm I'm wondering if like the the boundary of having to stay home um is making you need to create more more furiously and more expansively like with what you can control. I think it started by trying to write an essay about quarantine and realizing that it was like five different ideas in one. And then instead of feeling the pressure to say it all in this one thesis, to break up the ideas into separate chapters and that it's okay for me to be working on them simultaneously right now and not in the chronological order that I'm used to because it is all happening at once. It's just a a big thing. Do you feel like you have more creative energy right now than normal? Or have you noticed no change? Creative energy. It's a it's a funny one because at first I just didn't want to write anything. I didn't want to be working on any project. I was so tired. And I would still show up to write. And I would I have pages of like, I don't feel like writing is literally what I would put down. And then it all suddenly clicked. And I had too much to say. So I'm not sure if that is quarantine specific because these kinds of waves occur naturally in my life anyway. But I guess being, I I enjoy 
this as an experiment with fewer variables because I'm not going out places and being influenced by other events, um, such as going out to the theater, for instance. I see this as an experiment for like, what is my life like without any of this variance? So if I let enough time go by, maybe I'll observe that this isn't a quarantine thing. This isn't a travel thing. This isn't a seeing lots of movies in the cinema thing. This is just how my creative flow works is that there are these periods where I don't have anything to say and periods where I have too much to say that I can't capture it. So that's interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. I mean, I think that that it's really important to recognize that ebb and flow just that's just part of who you are and that's part of your process and it's actually kind of comforting that like like your response is basically like no that's just always how I am (laughs) (laughs) like it's the, the world events actually don't affect it that much like this is just how I how I create maybe it is We are always open to topic requests, and this episode, How to Choose What to Watch Next, was requested by Rory during my interview with her back in episode 29 of this show. And speaking of quarantine, a lot of people are at home watching TV and movies online, and so it's a perfect time to talk about how we choose what to watch next. And I thought we would start by first describing what our watching routines are like, because I know that we both have have our rituals and, and daily life traditions. Would you like to go first? I would love to. Um, I live with my best friend, who's also an actress, and I talk about her all the time, Kedra. So normally, pre-quarantine, we we usually watch something together every couple days. We'll, we go to the movies together very frequently, um, like at least once a week. And in the past, the past month, it's been pretty different though, because I'm such an extrovert. Like I like to go out. If I'm not shooting, if I'm not shooting every day, I'm, you know, going out to dinner with someone or trying to do something. I'm going to a bookstore and <laughs> going to an event in a bookstore. Um, and, you know, suddenly everything slowed down and we're here. So we've been able to watch something together every night. And uh, we gave ourselves at the beginning of the year a film challenge, which was that we wanted to watch like 100 classic films this year, which we are now well on our way to do (laughs) because we have all this time so you know what I I love watching things with Kedra and and I I do it pretty frequently anyway but now it's become every night and it's been such a grounding thing it's been such a, a thing to rely on because both of us while um obviously life has changed a lot we are both still working quite a lot from home um, so to have the, the designated cool down designated, 
um, bonding and relaxing time of watching something every night has just been such a wonderful part of this. It's been so helpful because, you know, also if you are working from home, it can be such a challenge to get out of work mode. It's like how you said on the show that you like, that, that putting on pajamas is how you signify that your workday is over. And for us right now, putting on a movie is how we can signal our brains that the workday is over. I love that. And I can totally relate because that has become part of our evening ritual too, in part inspired by hearing about your your um, movie nights and TV nights with Ketra. Back in January, we were in a cottage in the Highlands and we got into this routine of cooking dinner, cleaning up, and then watching an episode of an, of the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, which was also a recommendation that I got from your love letter of recommendations. And it was so it was so lovely to have this um, regular part of our day and just to watch one episode at a time. And those episodes in particular would always end with something dramatic happening. And we'd be like, oh no, I wonder what will happen next. Even though it's Disney history and I know what happens next, but in the storytelling, it was something to look forward to and discuss at breakfast the next day. And I wanted to bring that cottage routine to our quarantine routine. So we started we started doing like daily watching time and I like to have a schedule for it. I like to write out what we're going to be watching cuz we're not of watching. Of course you do. <laughs> um and so we have a schedule and right now we're not following a TV show together so we've just been choosing Disney movies one at a time. And then we also have what we call airplane days where we're both watching our individual shows that we don't watch together. And so we just watch them at the same time next to each other with the earphones. That's so cute. What are your airplane shows? Well, Steve is watching The Walking Dead and um, Better Call Saul. And he's been watching these for years, so it's kind of too late for me to catch up, even if I was keen to. And I am watching Encore again on Disney+. And that's a great example of how I choose what to watch next, because one of the main ways is just my sister tells me what to watch. And in the case of Encore, they're standalone episodes, so you don't need to watch them in order. And right now she's like coaching me through what order I should watch them in for maximum enjoyment. So that's really fun, too. How do you choose what shows to follow and what movies to watch next? Well, there has been, there's been two um, benefits to like the, the, this, the routine of watching something every night and the time that we have to commit to it. Um, one has been really being able to feel 
what I want to revisit for comfort. Um, Katra and I rewatched Interstellar together a couple of nights ago, and uh, she had never, or she hadn't seen it since it came out. Like, we both hadn't seen it pretty much since the year it came out, but we both remember it so lovingly. And we revisited it, and it was just so cathartic and hopeful. And it was like, we both had this moment of, wow, I'm really glad that I will let years go by before rewatching it. Because it's like some part of Kedra, she calls it one of her favorite movies, but she's only seen it twice. And she was like, I just knew that there was going to be a time where I really needed to watch it again with new eyes. And I'm glad that I waited years because it was like perfectly what I needed for this week. And, um, and last night we, we both had a really hard day yesterday. Uh, just a lot of like stress and, you know, social stress and yeah, everyone's on edge right now. And, um, and at the end of the, the night I realized, oh, I know what I want to watch. I want to watch Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which is uh, one of my favorite movies that I've only seen once, which is such an earnest, colorful, heartfelt, queer, nurturing film that um, came out in 1995. And it's about drag queens. And it's like, it's something that I hold in such high regard, but I've only actually seen once. And I've been wanting to show it to Katra since I've met her, but, but we never have because I just, you know, I said, I put it on our list of like, oh yeah, you got to see this. We'll watch it sometime. But we had a really hard day. And I said, oh, you know what? Tonight's the night that we watched Tu Fu. And it was like, it was just perfect. So I think that all of this kind of time that I have sitting with myself and sitting in my feelings is like making me really in tune with like, what's the right mood? What do I need to feel? And last night it was Tuong Fu and last week it was Interstellar and Contact, which is another, um, which is another space travel movie that's very hopeful and optimistic and about, you know, the value of science. So those were really helpful films last week. But the other benefit that I wanted to mention of this routine right now is um, that I feel like a little more open-minded to trying new things because there's just enough time. So like we watched Succession, the HBO show that has gotten a ton of rave reviews, but um, I had previously been like, I don't want to watch a show about rich white people. And I was like, I'm not interested in this. I had never even seen a trailer, but I was adamant that I was not interested because I just did not want to watch something about like media magnate family fighting over the line of succession. I was like, absolutely not. And then I, but because it was quarantine, I said, well, let's try it. We'll, we'll give it an episode or two. And we completely fell in love with this show. We're obsessed with it. We, we, we went through it very quickly and if anything, it it was so well written that it's kind of made other shows less exciting since. But it was like, I actually wouldn't have given that show a chance because of my preconceived judgments. I would have said, I don't have enough time to try something like this. I don't have time, you know, I'd rather give my attention to things I know I'm going to like. And I discovered, you know, a, a brilliant show because I've just allowed myself to give it a chance 
Um, I wonder, what about you? Have you have you been experimenting at all or trying trying out shows or, or films that maybe you normally would feel like, no, it's not really up. It's not really my vibe or I don't have time to try something. Well, I am of the of the the school of thought of give it an episode. And I would much rather watch something for an episode or two than like click around Netflix for the length of a short TV show. So we watched the first episode of Pandemic, which is a documentary. And no. <laughs> it was actually not too triggering. I found that I I find that like when something when something big and impactful is happening, whether it's a pandemic or um, if I'm experiencing depression, I would rather watch something that faces that directly than watch something that is a new source of stress. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, like I, I love watching films that are like deeply about depression because Me too. yeah, it just I, I feel I say like, this all the time. I, I, I was just on a Harry Potter Alliance live stream. And I brought this up because I was in their on in their book recommendations live stream. And this is what I opened it up with. I said, well, what does comfort reading mean to each of you? Because I think for some people, it means escapism and distraction. And I said, sometimes for me, it means actually facing the thing through fiction. So I was talking about this book, Station Eleven, which is about a flu that wipes out like 98% of the population. And it's a beautiful book about like finding meaning in community and in art making after like basically an apocalyptic situation. It's beautiful. But I was like, that's actually more comforting for me. And I feel the same way about mental, like books that talk about mental health or depression. So I completely understand what you're saying. This is a theme of this episode, it seems, that with more space and time, we're able to be more in tune with what we need. And that's something that I like to do in general, but I could so relate to what you're describing of prioritizing a TV, trying a new TV show that you think you'll like over one that you have your doubts about i i think i i say that i do this all the time whether i'm choosing a new book or a new tv show or i i tune into what i need right now but i'm just giving it more time and more depth at the moment and have you been like keeping up on social media with with other people's recommendations i know you listen to junies and watch whatever she says but I'm wondering if you're like seeing people post about things and going, oh, maybe I'll give that a try too. Mainly yours. Which I say to be cheeky, but also it's how I, it's how I am about choosing anything. Um, again, whether it's a, a book or a film or um, performing arts at the fringe, I, I don't like to tune into the mass discussion or I don't like to you know read a, a BuzzFeed list but I want to I want to read Grace's list 
I want to because I know you and I'll I'll listen to what my sister says, what my friend Katie says, in particular is how I found a lot of my favorite TV shows. And just knowing the kinds of things that my friends like and it's just a a person to person conversation about things since I know them and they know me. And like you and I are a good example where we gravitate towards different things, but when there's overlap, I can sort of get more information about the recommendation. Like the Imagineering story is a good example because it's something that I had seen on Disney Plus, but thought, I don't know if I need to watch this story play out again because I already know a lot about Disney history, but to hear you put a vote in for it and say that you enjoyed how it was how it was told, I was like, okay, I'm in. That's all I need. I love that. And I will say part of the reason I did finally cave and watch Succession was because I, I wrote in my little love letter, which for people listening is like kind of a blog that I post on um, on Patreon uh, of talking about things that I've been reading and watching and experiences I've had in the week. Um, I, I wrote in a love letter. I asked at the end of one, like, should I finally watch Succession? And this was like two months ago. But I posted the the link to the blog on on Twitter and I like tagged an author because I had I wrote about his book in the love letter and um he read the post and then went back and replied on Twitter and was like, Yes, you should give succession a try. And then I and then, you know, I did. And and so it's just so funny because we're all in communicating with each other and encouraging each other to try new things and um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's interesting right now because there's also, we, we talked, um, well, the episode that is coming out right before this one with Amelia, I talk a lot about shoulds, the pressure that we feel about shoulds. And, um, I do find myself going into pro- productivity mode, even in my watch list where I'm like, well, I should watch the AFI top 100 films list or you know I should watch whatever everyone else is recommend recommending whatever the masses are recommending right like there there is that part of my brain that goes well don't rewatch anything you have all this time you know utilize it productively and <laughs> make sure that you come out of this experience having accomplished a list um and, you know, that's that's part of why it's important to then go rewatch a couple of things that are like really comforting because it's like, I there's no should. There's no, there's, this is, I'm not watching films and television just to cross them off a list. I'm, I want to experience them. I want to feel, I want the catharsis or the comfort or the challenge and sometimes that means guilty pleasures, or sometimes that means um, re-watching things. There's nothing to accomplish here. It's just following your feelings. And yet, as you're describing a couple of different instances of 
rewatching favorite movies that you had only seen once or twice. I see that as an accomplishment too, and as such a such a like a full circle experience of waiting for the right moment for something. And I've um we can do a a book version of this episode if the audience wishes us to, but I just experienced a similar thing where I felt the urge to reread Our Town, which is one of my favorite plays, and I haven't read it for years and years, and it was just the exact right thing to be reading right now, but I've sort of felt a little bit guilty over the years for calling it a favorite play of mine, but not feeling like revisiting it. So there's something to that of rewatching a favorite as this this sense of it of like feeling solid. And then also working your way through the list of classics. Well, I'm really I I could talk about movies and TV for another 15 hours. Um, but I would love to hear, I would love to hear what our audience is loving right now. So if you're listening to this and you want to like send us a, an email or a letter or whatever it is that you'd like to do, let us know what you have found comfort in watching, um, in the past few weeks. I would love that. We might even watch one. Yeah. (laughs) And let us know what topics you would like to hear from us and who we should interview next but yeah it's a really exciting time for the show because we have we have a little more space and time to commit to interviews and to lit to audience requests for topics so if you have something in mind please do let us know time grace what is the art life the art life is following feelings what is the art life oh i'm on the same vein as that the art life is the right thing to watch at the right moment in time i love that that's an art I love that we're calling that an art because it it really is. It's it's very um I think it shows great respect for these works of art that have had an impact on us or have potential to have an impact on us. Um that we want to revisit them or that they come up even if we've only experienced them once. It shows great respect for the power that art can have in our own stories like what how those stories can affect our our life stories and as a creator it's a a great reminder of why i'm putting in that effort to write when the words aren't coming to write when i have too many ideas because the product is something like enjoying what comes out of that is is so helpful can be so helpful to people yeah this is a very validating time as an artist 
So we talked a lot today about watching things with our significant other or best friend or roomie um, <laughs> and uh, talked about sharing recommendations. Now, I know that you are actually organizing some watch parties in your membership program, Everyday Wonderland. Where can people find Everyday Wonderland? It is so fun. You can find Everyday Wonderland at everydaywonder.land. And on top of being a program for finding wonder where you already are, through digital postcards and one-minute calls to adventure, I have added extra magic hours in the form of movie nights where we pick a movie together as a virtual community and press play at the same time and have a text commentary thread open. What's really been fun about this is as an introvert, I this is like a party for me. This is so um I get so much social value just knowing that other people are watching the same thing as me. We have some people who show up at the beginning and say hi, and then they don't say anything for the whole movie, but then come back in at the end to discuss. So whatever your style is, whether you want to just watch the movie or have someone to chat with while you're enjoying it scene by scene, we do that. And then what's been especially fun is people have gone back who missed our first movie nights and watched those movies on their own and have been adding their favorite parts to the discussion thread as they're watching it a week or two later. And I always, it's so cute. It's so fun just to like have this movie version of a book club. And my other podcast, What's Your Favorite Part with my sister Junie, is inspired by that question that she would always ask after going to the movies. And so we always end our movie night conversations with sharing favorite parts too. So it's great to bring that family tradition into the secret garden. So that is at everydaywonder.land. And you can also read my essays and writing at heroinetraining.com and on Instagram at heroinetraining. Grace, where can people find your virtual photo shoots and other art? <laughs> much, much of my art is um, posted on patreon.com slash official. I talked a lot today about love letters, which are my weekly updates about my favorite art, activism, and experiences of the week. I post everything from articles to in-person events that I'll be at to... Um, to movies and books and and television that I'm watching and loving. So it's a very positive weekly post that c collects things that have brought me joy or taught me something. And all of that can be found at patreon.com slash official, as well as, yes, photos. And I might even upload my monologue to Patreon because I'm like, why not? <laughs> People might want to watch it. Um... I also have a website, gracegordonofficial.com, where I have a membership store um, for, for modeling work, which is still being updated, thank goodness, because the guy who runs it is like basically family. So he's part of my 
quarantine, like, acceptable humans, because both Kedra and I work with him every day. Um, so that's been good, too, to have that that still going and the, the, the work still going up. Um, very, very grateful for that right now. So that's patreon.com slash gracegordonofficial or gracegordonofficial.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing what everyone else is watching right now. Me too. I want to, I will listen to you, listener, audience member. <laughs> I know I was saying, I don't like to tune into the millions of voices on Twitter. I, I do care about what you're watching. So I would be honored to hear. Well, from my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.